You should try eating in front of 100 people. It's really weird. So it's Thanksgiving Sunday, and we live in a society where giving thanks is really getting harder and harder. And it's actually not your fault. And it has to do with chicken nuggets. It's true. Did you ever think about how chicken nuggets uh, came to be invented? Thanks, Mr. Engaged. <laughs> chicken nuggets were invented in the 1950s because of the invention of cards. So what happened was fast food restaurants noticed people were driving around all over the country. Before that, people used to eat at home. Broccoli, bread, squash, cabbage, and families said, we're so thankful, we have food. But cars came, so people started driving all over the place, checking out new food. And fast food restaurants picked up on that, and to be competitive, they said, what's the easiest way we can make food while people could drive? 1950s, chicken nuggets were invented for that reason. Downside to that is, we became a society that couldn't settle down and eat with our families. We had to always check out something new. We, we couldn't stay contented with the meals that we had, we always had to have something more. And so a sociologist picked up on this, and one of the authors of my professor, he wrote this, our lives may be great, but if one area is not up to scratch, we feel that something is amiss. Thus we suffer from a permanent restlessness. What happened with chicken nuggets was, we became a society that couldn't settle for what's in front of us, we needed something more. And when we felt like it was getting boring, we misunderstood that as it must be wrong. In other words, we couldn't be thankful for just the basic things in life, and that's what we've become. So social media exploded. What do people take pictures of? And Koreans, I'm gonna put you on the spot. What do Koreans notoriously take pictures of? Their food, where they've been. And when they put that up there, other people look at that and say, what am I doing with my life? I need to be getting out there. And so we became a society that's getting harder and harder to give thanks because we are a restless community on the go. So it's not entirely your fault, but we contribute to that. So the question I want to ask today is, what might persistent thankfulness look like? What, what might persistent, as opposed to, I'm thankful when I get the next thing. I'm thankful for when I get the next thing. What might persistent thankfulness in our lives look like? Like just for a moment, just before I continue, just no matter where you are in your life, can you just breathe and say, thank you. Could you just try that? Thank you. What might that look like persistently? And so I want to go to Luke today in Luke's story. And Luke 17, we have this famous story that children heard. There were 10 lepers, they were hanging out in the corner, they were outside of the city because by Jewish Levitical law, Luke Leviticus 13, they can't stay, go near people, they were unclean. So when they had to walk around, they, kids, can you imagine? I'm a leper and I have to go, unclean, 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 so people know, ooh, there's a leper here. And that was required. So they see Jesus and then they say, Lord Jesus, Master, have pity on us. 
And then Jesus does something really interesting. Usually he goes up to a leper and touches him and says, I'm not afraid to touch you. Be healed. With these guys, he says, go to the priest. Why? Because lepers couldn't see the priest. And he was saying, by faith, just go and see what happens. And these ten lepers went, and miraculously, they looked. And all of a sudden, their white flaky skin turned rosy, pink, alive. And so all of them were just amazed. And then as they were going, though, only one came back. So that's the whole point of the story. And I want to just, before I go on, this is a side sermon, but do you notice Jesus healed out of the ten? How many got healed? All ten of them. He heals them regardless of how they're going to respond. This is a generous God that we worship. Our God blesses people no matter what their response may be. Some of us in this room, we're, we might be jerks. We might be the most unholy or unpious, disrespectful to God, but in your life, regardless of how you respond, God has been blessing you. Even if you're in this room, you've been blessed. And God doesn't bless us conditionally. He sometimes, as we see in this story, he blesses you unconditionally, regardless of what you may respond to. This is the goodness of God. So, but here's a key thing. One leper came back and I wanted to know, like, what is on his mind? Why did he come back? And I have good news. That leper is here with us this morning. You guys want to meet him? Her? Her. Come on up. Yeah, let's give her a big hand. And I just kind of want to get into the mind of this leper who, who was the only one that came back. And so I have a question for you. Do you have a name, by the way? Call me leper. Call you leper? All right. Call me faithful leper. Faithful leper, okay. So, first of all, I think we all want to know, what, what's it like to have leprosy? What was it for you? So, for me, it's, it's something that affected me my whole life. It's something that completely changed me. Um, my skin was white and flaky. I had bumps all over my face and my body people would look at me and be terrified of me. And I would have sores all over, and it was really painful. Wow, how did your neighbors and even your family members treat you after you? So um, my family members and my neighbors, they think that leprosy is a curse, is a curse from God, is something that um, happened to me because I deserved it. And because of that, I was unclean. And so I would have to go around and I would have to yell, unclean, unclean, whenever I walked near someone. Not only that, but I couldn't live inside the walls of a city. I would have to live outside, away from people. And so the other lepers were really the only people who would talk to me, who would be even this close to me. Wow. So you, you weren't able to experience hugs, touch, no. love. So what, what was it like when you met and saw Jesus from a distance? So when we saw him, we got so excited because we had been hearing about all these wonderful miracles that he had been doing. We'd been hearing about the fact that he had turned water into wine and that he was able to heal other lepers. And we were so excited about the fact that our life could be changed by going and seeing this man. Wow, that's incredible. So when you noticed that you were healed, what was going through your head, and why did you come back to Jesus? 
What made you come back? So, have you ever had that moment where just one second, your life changes. That's what it was like for me. I was walking and I look down and my skin isn't flaky anymore. I look down and I'm a real person. I'm a person mm. who can go and say hi and shake someone's hand. I'm a person who can go give a hug to someone. And it was just incredible and we were overjoyed and I, I just had to turn back and I had to thank him. I had to praise him for giving me back my life giving me back a life I never thought I would have. Wow. How are you doing today? I am great. I am praising the Lord. I am so thankful to Him, and I am just giving thanks every day that I can, that I have a life that I never thought I would have. Well, thank you so much. Thank you for being with us. Can you give her a hand? <laughs> Verse 15 in today's text says, One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back, praising God in a loud voice, and he threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him, and he was a Samaritan. It's, it's the easiest, the most simplest thing from this text, simply saying thank you. Uh, Andy Stanley says this, and this is a catchphrase that I feel like it's so profound. Unexpressed gratitude is ingratitude. Could you say that? Unexpressed gratitude is ingratitude. So if someone does something nice to you and you appreciate it, but you never say thank you, even if you appreciate it, the person who gives it perceives it as, oh, they, weren't, they didn't really appreciate it. So unexpressed gratitude is ingratitude. It's not just to feel thankful. Sometimes we have to respond. And what this one person did, he came back and he came back to Jesus and said, I worship God and I thank God for you. And for us, we live in a society where we're so blessed. Can you turn to someone next to you and say, you are blessed. And you're not, yeah. And you're not lying. Do you know why? Because we could worship. We could, we could, have, we could go to Walmart. <laughs> we could go get fresh vegetables. You open the, turn on the faucet. You don't have to worry about disease in your water. You got clean water. You have friends. If you came here, none of you, I, don't, I didn't see a bicycle outside. None of you jogged here. You, you have a car. And so we've, we're blessed. And a perpetual life begins with simply saying thank you consistently and persistently. And there's a power of gratitude. In verse 19, so Jesus says, We're not all ten cleansed. Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? What shocked me about this text was Jesus actually cares if someone says thank you. He was looking for it. He's like, where are the other nine? Jesus didn't go, I just want to bless. I don't care how they respond, I just want to bless. No, he actually was like, are you the only one that came back to say thank you? Where are the other nine? God actually cares that we're children who acknowledge that the giver is God who gives us everything. And so we have to live, even when everything is falling apart, that God has already given us all that we needed. And he continue will be our supplier. And so we say, thank you. And so the power of gratitude, though, goes further. So verse 19, Jesus acknowledges that. And he says, then he said to him, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. Now, what's interesting is, what did this leper become well 
How did he become well? He was healed of leprosy. But the word well, you became well, is not just about physical healing. The Greek word actually means healing, but also, quote-unquote, to be saved from destruction, delivered from judgment. How many lepers were healed, children? Ten. How many came back? And there's something about this one that's beyond unique. All ten were healed, but this one person who came back was saved. All ten were healed, but the one that came back found salvation as well. All ten experienced a miracle, but this one who came back experienced miracle. See, whether you're a cynic or not, or, or antagonist of God, you've been blessed. And when you start recognizing, thank you, God, it opens up the heart in humility to recognize maybe there's more in this. And in that humility, God can even save. So the kind of faith that we need is this mixed with gratitude to say thank you. Um, the most arrogant people, one of the things they can't say is, thank you. If you notice humble people, you do a little thing for them, they're like, thank you so much. This is like the best lemonade I've ever had. <laughs> and there's something about a heart that is filled with gratitude that opens up God's blessings for renewal. And this leper was made not only healed, but he was made well. So what does this look like in a very practical sense? How does this look for people like us today in the 21st century? And this is a simple application that I want to just hit home today. What is the way that we can live in perpetual gratitude for what God's done for us? Like, should we do Thanksgiving every day? Maybe, but cooking turkey every day is not that great. I'm not a turkey fan. Say boo, say boo. I like cooking it, I'm not a turkey fan. Let's look at the text one more time. What does it look like to live in perpetual gratitude? Verse 15, one of them, when he saw he was healed, came back, praising God in a loud voice, and he threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. Four things he did. Look what he did. Ready? Visualize this. Visualize yourself doing this. When he realized God blessed him when he didn't deserve it, he went back to Jesus. I was, we had Bible study, and some of us said, man, if I was healed, I would run right to my mom or family. I haven't seen them in a while. But this person, what, where did he go? To the source of the gift, the giver. And then he praised who? God. He was praising God. He didn't even know if Jesus was God, but he was like, this is a miracle. This has to be from God. Every good and perfect gift is from the, the Lord, it says in James. And then what did he do? He threw himself at Jesus' feet. Now visualize yourself doing that. I'll buy you chicken nuggets if anyone this week, you fell, you fell at someone's feet this week. Chicken nuggets. In today's society, do you see that on Facebook? Look at my tiramisu. Look at my cappuccino. Look at me falling at the feet of my friend. No, we don't see the feet part. What, was, what does that look like for you to fall at the feet of someone? What does that do to you? Does it make you boastful it makes you humble see gratitude leads to humility and humility leads to knowing jesus in the clearest way possible and this 
falling at the feet of Jesus out of just joy, all of this thanking God, you could say all this in one word. All of that could be captured in one word. What's the one word that captures returning to Jesus, giving glory to God, falling at his feet, and giving thanks? There's one word. You ready for the word? Someone's got it. One, two, three. Worship. Ready? Let's say it together, church. Worship. What is the perpetual life of gratitude? It is the life that persistently, joyfully, regularly, consistently worships. You know, that's mind-blowing because in the 21st century, our perception of worship for a lot of us is this. I love the way the music makes me feel good. Oh, I love the way the sermons just speak to me. That's great. I love the community because the music is so nice. That's good. But what if we shifted that a little bit? What if you come to God in worship consistently because of gratitude? You know, I use this illustration. I have three kids. If my house is on fire and my next-door neighbor jumps in through the window into the fire and grabs my kids to take them out of the fire and he gets singed, second-degree burn, and he barely survives so that my kids walk away safe. What do you think I'm going to do to this next-door neighbor? <laughs> Appreciate it. Thanks. See you later. I'm not going to worship him, but here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to pray for him, bless him, feed him consistently. Thank you. George, I can't, you're, you're like family to me, George. I'm going to get him Thanksgiving dinner. I'm going to take him out. I'm going to once in a while check in. And what is that? It's a life of just ingrat- a gratitude, a response of praise and joy. But this is what we are doing with God today. You're here not to get something out of anything, but because God has already blessed you more than what you deserve. Amen? This is why we worship. So I don't worship once in a while so that, you know, when I can, I'll make it. Worship is the definition of people who know God's grace. And so that makes us get on our feet and knees and pray. And so perpetual worship in Rooted, some of us in small group, this was the reading this week, and I was like, how perfect. Let me quote you from one of the paragraphs. Worship is responding to all God is and all he's done with all we are. I love that. What is worship? It's responding to all God is and all he's done with all we are. Worship is the response of grateful and humble people to the living God. Why are you here? You're responding humbly to God. I love that. Where submission, sacrificial service, praise, and gratitude are freely expressed in many different ways. Can you say this, church? It's not about me. Say, this, this worship is not about me. When you understand that, your heart understands gratitude. And when your heart opens up, you get blessed. This is the paradox. When it's not about you... That's when you get blessed the most by God's incredible blessings over and over again. And this is why I love worship. I could worship at home. I could worship in my car. But when we gather together like this as a people who says, did you see what Jesus Christ has done for you and me? 
how could we not respond other than with worship? So, in this story, who are we in this story in Luke 17 as we kind of land this plane? Who are we in this story? In this case, we're the lepers. And this is how we connect. And I think Paul writes it well. Let me see if the verse is there. Can we all read this together? As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you follow the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. In other words, it's saying you were dead. You were lepers. You were hopeless. You were outcasts. You, you couldn't do anything for yourself. Priests couldn't bless you. You were dead. You were not just, oh, I need a better answer for life. That's part of it, but the bigger issue you have is, in eternal sense, you have death from the day you were born. That's us. But here's the good news. Keep reading together with me, please. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. It's by grace you have been saved. It is by grace. What is grace? It is only by a gift God gave you you're saved. How does someone who receives an incredible gift respond? Say the word with me. Worship. So, pastor, do I need to go to church every Sunday? You know, you're asking the wrong question. Let me ask it this way. How do you respond to a God who gave his son to die on the cross so you don't have to take your own punishment? How do you respond to a God who overwhelmingly blesses you with grace, yet while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. How do you respond? I'll go to church when I can. I'll give God worship when I can. When things good happen to me, I'll say, praise God, he's so good. No. Because of that, what Jesus Christ has done for us to save us while we were still lepers not with a physical disease, but a spiritual disease. How do we respond as a church? We sing our hearts out. We joyfully bow at the feet of Jesus. And we say, thank you, thank you, thank you. No matter what this world takes away from me, I have more than enough. I have Jesus Christ, my Savior. This is what it means to be a Christian. And the church said, amen. May we have that gratitude explicitly, implicitly in us, and may you be a people who perpetually thanks God, how? Through your worshipful life, at home, corporately, wherever you go, and let the world be known. One last thing I'll just say at the end of this. Did you notice who was the leper that came back? What was his nationality? It's incredible. That's intentional. Jewish lepers didn't come back. It was a Samaritan who was an outcast of the outcasts. And what's God's aim? He's like, I can save anyone. Yellow, black, and white, they're all precious in my sight. Go out there. Teach them what it means to worship by showing them my grace of my son coming for you. Today, as we wrap this up, if you notice, we haven't collected the offering yet. And we wanted to kind of thoughtfully respond to God's incredible, generous mercy to us. And so some of you have these yellow cards that you received, and if you don't have it, um, we might have extras available to you. Miss Pat, if you could. And some of you might see it in your pews. 
And what we want to do at this time is for like two or three minutes, you could pray with your family. One side is the commitment card, our annual commitment things, but it's anonymous. It's really between you and God. We don't take that information in a practical way. But the other side is the response. What I learned in Rooted study is, is something about writing things out. And I don't think everyone's life is going exactly perfectly, but that's what's great about this God thing. <laughs> when things are going high or low, we could still thank God. So I'd like to invite you to take this time to just respond in prayer. I am thankful to God. And after you finish writing that in a few minutes, we're going to invite all of you. Ushers won't be going around as you are able to come forward and drop off your offerings as well as the thanks to God in this envelope, in this basket. And we're doing this to say, hey, we're not going to be that nine leper who says, thank you, God, for your blessing. Let me live my life my way. But we want to be that one leper who recognizes the giver of all that we have, Jesus Christ. you finish, if you feel um, ready to, when the praise team starts singing, we're going to invite you to come forward one by one. And if you have a hard time walking, please raise your hand and we have ushers in the back who will be ready to lead you. So stand together, and I'd like to invite you when you're ready to come. You are. 